Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Hey there, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. So Nick and I recently went on vacation. We like to travel around both of our birthdays if we can, which is convenient because they're almost half a year apart. So this time of year, we were traveling for my birthday, and this trip was a total bucket list item, the Grand Canyon. Uh, There was a part of me that was kind of just in the back of my mind worried am I going to get there and after like 10 minutes be like, okay, that was cool, now what? <laughs> uh, but I was not like that at all. I was like the opposite of that, basically. I was so into it, everything that we saw. I've never been so interested in geology in my entire life. <laughs> they have all these little um, talks and things that you can go to to learn more. And the one thing that Nick and I are both like, we have to get to this, is the geology talk. <laughs> we had the most fun uh, in the geology museum. So that's says something about me, I guess. I'm not really sure what exactly, um, but I just loved it. It's totally, totally worth it to go if you haven't been and you're able to. So before we even went on the trip, we did a lot of planning. I'm a big planner. I'm sure you probably know or guess that about me. So we knew where we were going to be going when. So in addition to the Grand Canyon, we spent some time in Sedona and we also went to the Painted Desert and the Petrified Forest, which are in the same area. So we did a lot of planning, where to go, when, where to stay, things we might want to see. But for some reason, I did not plan for one thing. And this is one thing that I actually know affects me, but for whatever reason, I just did not consider it at all as we were planning for the trip. And that thing is the change in altitude from Nashville to the Grand Canyon, which turns out is pretty substantial. (laughs) So the first morning of the trip, we were in Sedona. I felt great. We got up early. We went to see the sunrise, which was just so beautiful. And it was easy to get up early because of the time difference. We were kind of naturally waking up around that time anyway. So we also then spent a few hours hiking around. It was gorgeous. The sky was so blue. It's just really blue out there. And all of this before breakfast. So By the time we got to breakfast, I was starting to feel pretty off. The only way I could really describe it at the time was that my eyes felt hard. I know that might sound weird, but I just had so much tension behind my eyes, and my stomach was definitely not right. So I still was able to kind of go along with the activities of the day. It didn't totally knock me out. But by the end of the day, I just felt completely outside myself. But I also knew by then that it was the altitude because I've experienced that same sort of disconnected body, weird stomach, kind of migraine type feeling before other times that I've experienced that altitude change. So I knew from experience that the next day I would feel better. And it's true, I did feel better the next morning 
until we drove to the Grand Canyon, which didn't double our altitude, but close. So it was significantly higher than we where we had been. So the second day, I think my body was like, okay, we've kind of already done this, but we're really like still not thrilled. So I didn't feel as bad as the first day, but I did get a migraine that day. So that same hard eye feeling, I was like, okay, I think this is a migraine, as well as the third day. So by the third day, I was over it. <laughs> you know, the migraine had not lasted all day on the second day or the third day, but I was just like, having migraine is such a physically tiring experience that I felt like... I just want to enjoy my trip and not feel so bad. I have to get rid of this migraine. So one thing for you to know about me is that I used to be really into Diet Coke. (laughs) I would drink Diet Coke all day, every day. I would get those big sodas at the gas station. I always preferred it more from the fountain than from a can. And people would say to me things like, I can't drink that much Diet Coke because the caffeine really messes me up. And I was would always just kind of be like, wimps. <laughs> I did not think that caffeine affected me at all. So this was during a time when I had a lot of migraines. So I would drink Diet Coke all day. I would take Excedrin. You know, like it was nothing. I never felt affected by it at all. In retrospect, I realized that's because that was just like how I felt at the time. Um, So I didn't have any contrast because I was having caffeine constantly. I didn't notice it, but it was actually affecting me. So I decided a long time ago, I don't even know, it's been at least five years, but it feels like it's probably even been longer than that. I decided to stop drinking Diet Coke to see if it would help me in any way with the headaches. It just was starting to feel like it was creating a sort of feedback loop that was not helpful. So once I went off of it, then if I have it again, especially now since it's been so long, I really do feel how it affects me. I feel like really um, alert and uh, jittery in a way that I do not find enjoyable at all. But I really wanted to get rid of that migraine. So I knew like, Ah, I think some Excedrin is going to help me here. So I took a couple Excedrin, and I did feel better. So it got rid of the migraine. But I didn't feel totally better. So in the end of the night, you know, we went to sleep. I went to sleep easily. But I woke up at 3 a.m., and I could not fall back asleep. Now, in general, I'm not a great sleeper. I wake up a lot. I toss and turn. It's, you know, now 3 a.m. is pretty early, but... In general, it's not uncommon for me to wake up early. And when I do that at home, I just get up and go in the other room. I read, you know, I do something else. Sometimes that'll help me go back to sleep. Sometimes it won't. But in this hotel room, there was nowhere for me to go except the bathroom. I don't know. It just seems so, like, cold and uncomfortable. And I was already feeling weird. And I was just like, I can't just go, I don't know, be on the toilet or in the bathtub or on the floor, I don't know, for the next three hours at least until Nick wakes up. So I just laid there in bed for several hours. We were getting up again for the sunrise, so it wasn't like Nick was going to sleep until 10 or something, but still, you know, a few hours just laying in your bed is a pretty long time. (laughs) So while I laid there, Let me just tell you, my mind ran away from me completely. 
I laid there and worried so much. I was gripping my jaw, grinding my teeth unconsciously so much that the next day my teeth hurt all day long. And the things I was thinking about and worrying about were, you know, I've been off of my email for two days, therefore I'm sure my business is destroyed. Ditto for social media. I felt like I could not continue to waste my time on vacation, not working. And then I would worry about how I was not being present on my vacation because I was having these worries. I mean, you'd probably know how it goes in the middle of the night. This is not the time that our best thoughts present themselves, I don't think. So I'm just laying there like worrying, 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 eyes wide open to the ceiling for hours. Um, at least it felt like hours, but I'm pretty sure that it actually was. It was definitely not just like five or 10 minutes. And then because I've been working on catastrophizing, so we talked about that in an earlier episode of the podcast, and I'll link to that if you haven't listened to it, and related to that foreboding joy that Brene Brown talks about that I also already kind of gave some background on, so I won't do that now, I saw a little bit after, again, hours, not just in the moment, but I saw what was happening. And I recognized how I wasn't letting myself just feel the joy of being there on that trip. So I started practicing gratitude, as Brene Brown suggests. I started a long list of everything I was thankful for, which was not difficult. I was on vacation, but still, it was just not where my mind was. And then at some point during that process, the gratitude kind of helped pull me out of it enough that then I had another realization of why all of this was happening. Because in the back of my mind, I was just like, why am I worrying so much? I'm on this vacation, I should just enjoy it. And then I realized that related to my pattern of catastrophizing in this particular moment was that my nervous system was out of whack. And this was due to both the altitude migraines and the caffeine. And I saw in that moment how since I very, very rarely have any caffeine, that my system was just like really jolted by having it. And it made it more likely that I would just run away from myself in my mind, which I did, as you know. (laughs) So after I saw that, it did help me. And I sort of settled into a rhythm for the rest of the week and enjoyed my time letting myself off the hook of my own making, which it feels like most of the hooks that I get onto. I don't know if you relate to that, but. (laughs) Um, So really what I wanna talk about here is that connection between my physical and emotional state. So in this instance, caffeine was part of it, but really what I wanna say has nothing to do with caffeine. Caffeine is not good, it's not bad. Um, I think it's just, you know, part of what was in my story at that particular moment. But what I think is really the most important piece is that physical emotional state connection. Because if and when I notice something that's happening in my physical body that is driving how I'm thinking or how I'm feeling, it can make those emotions be less charged. Because I see that they're being driven by a you know, temporary, in this case, physical state. So the point is that when I notice how something affects me physically and then I notice those corresponding emotions, again, over time, I'm definitely not seeing this like the second that it happens. Um, Maybe that'll happen, but that'll be like the day before I die or something. (laughs) Definitely not anytime soon, I am sure. 
But when I see that, I, I find that I don't have to believe those emotions so much when they come up. Because for me, those emotions that I'm experiencing are generally negative. So all of this catastrophizing, not positive or something that I would want to hang on to. So when I know something like, um, you know, my nervous system is really kind of wired up from all the things that have been happening, traveling, caffeine, altitude, migraines, seeing new things I'm excited about, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then when that's happening, then I know like, oh, this is something that's happening in my physical body that's affecting how I feel emotionally. And that can help me to tone down the doomsday prophecies (laughs) that my brain has started to cook up. And that reminds me like, oh, I just have to kind of ride this wave in my body until it's through my system rather than trying to um, fix all the problems that my mind has generated or more likely just continue to worry about them and not really do anything else about it. <laughs> so there's lots of other ways that this shows up. It's not just about, you know, what we ingest. So for example, if I'm sick, so if I have a cold, I have noticed that I tend to feel much worse about my body too. So my inner narrative turns extremely negative if I'm sick. And what's interesting is that my inner narrative in those moments is not about being sick. It's not like, why are you sick? How could you do this? It's like all of the old tapes get triggered because I'm not feeling well. And all of that, like, you know, your body is not good enough or your body is too much. Those just like amp back up. I don't know. They get kicked out of the closet by the cold or something. I don't know. So what happens is because I have seen that pattern happen for me over time as now when I have a cold if I start feeling that way again I'm like oh this is at least partially related to having the cold and that just sort of dials the temperature down on those particular feelings. Physical, emotional, or mental sensation it's that little wake-up moment to call us into the present moment to call us into our own experience because we can't get rid of everything that we don't want to feel. In some ways, that sounds like it would be really nice, right? Like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. I'm just going to get rid of it. (laughs) But when we do that, we get rid of our ability to feel at all, which we don't want because we want to be able to feel the good things too. So what we're doing instead is becoming present to our own experiences and learning how to navigate life in our bodies that we have. So moving forward, if you want to play with this idea a little bit, hold a light intention in your mind to notice connections between the physical emotional and mental states of your body. This could be about think you're, you know, thinking about how you feel in your body, your feelings after moving your body during a yoga practice, anything, just starting to notice any connections between the different layers of your body that you might feel may produce some interesting insights. And it may not, you know, it's one of those things where I think our capacity to do that develops and shifts over time. So if you don't notice anything right away, don't worry about it. You know, it's not the kind of thing that you can be like, self, let me now notice this. You know, we want to be able to kind of do that and make it happen, you know, instantaneously when we're wanting to think about it. In my experience, it's not really that kind of thing. It's more like after having similar experiences at least several times, if not several hundred times in my case, then those things start to emerge. So that's why I said just hold a light intention because it's not something that you 
control. Um, it's something that you have a relationship with. I think it's a good way to say it. So let's close out with one breath together. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on. Oh,